you from the Yard Dogs Podcast Studio. A show for the fans by the fans. Talking all things Cleveland Browns from our mic to your ears. To your ears. With your hosts, Jason Hand and Mikey P. Yes, and welcome to the Yard Dogs Podcast, the show for the fans, by the fans. This is Season 3, Episode 86. I'm your host, Jason Hand. You can find me on Twitter, at Browns Huddle. The Yard Dogs Podcast is now part of Network 216. You can find Network 216 on Twitter, at Network underscore 216. Tonight and every Tuesday night, we are streaming live exclusively on Twitch. If you couldn't catch the live show, we've got you covered. You can also find the Yard Dogs podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe, give us a five-star review, and give us a follow so we can remind you every time a new episode is available. If you are a Cleveland Browns fan, media member, player, or former player, and would like to be a guest on the Yard Dogs podcast, hit us up on Twitter. You can find us there at Yard Dogs Pod, and our DMs are always open. And this is important. Mikey P., you know it to be true. Please share this show because sharing the show helps more than you'll ever know. And joining me to my right, is it my right, your left, the viewer's right? It's my right, your left. You're right, my left. <laughs> Joining me now is my co-host, my partner in crime, the one and only Mikey P. You can find him on Twitter at MikeyP422. Mikey, how are we doing tonight, buddy? We're doing good. We almost had a Tommy Boy thing going on right there. It's like, is it got to be your bull or my bull? I don't know. It's the butcher's bull. It's the butcher's bull. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Did I hear a niner in there? (laughs) Exactly. We're doing doing good, man. We got a uh, we got a special guest joining us tonight. We're gonna you know talk. You know, nothing really going on in in Browns world. There wasn't any like big news or anything. No, like no trades happened that I can recall. I don't know. We probably won't talk about any of that. Uh, but no, we have a fun show lined up tonight. Uh, you know, we're going to get into it with our guest uh, coming up. You know, we're going to talk a little bit about fantasy maybe coming up too. We'll talk about the Baker news that came out this week. And then uh, we were talking pre-show that this may be the last time we have to talk about him. And I was like, until week one. <laughs> and then we'll have to talk about it again. But some latest headlines uh, in Brown's news. And then, uh, you know, of course, we'll we'll land the plane and uh, – We'll put another episode in the books. And, of course, live comments, questions are always welcome on the Yard Dogs podcast. I went ahead and posted the link in the comments section. So if you're watching us live on Twitch and you have a question or comment, go ahead and tap on the link. That'll send you to our waiting room. And once we see you there, um, when the timing's right, you'll be able to still listen and see the show. But we'll go ahead and bring you on live on the Yard Dogs podcast and you can Uh, Give us your question or comment live on the show. Um, Our Twitch channel, you could, you know, subscribing to Network 216 page, uh, that's a great way to support the show. We Mm -hmm. have a lot of great comment on our Twitch page. We have this show, we have the Barking Dogs, um, we have other shows on what's what's we have the we have the Faithful Dogs podcast. Yep. And we have another show coming up soon. Yes, there's an announcement coming this week uh, for a new show. You know, we've added 
uh, some exciting new content to our website. We have uh, two great writers and Grant Puskar, and uh, yes. and we have Mac the Buffalo who's going to be providing some amazing content for you guys. So uh, tune in, and uh, we also have some. Uh, you were talking about Twitch. You know, it's it's five ninety nine a month if you don't have Amazon Prime, which breaks down to about twenty cents a day. Uh, but if you have Amazon Prime, you have to do this monthly. That's the only caveat to it. But awesome deal. If you have Amazon Prime, today's Prime Day, you can sign up for free. So you get a free Twitch subscription monthly with your Amazon Prime account. So just think about that. Like, not only are you getting an amazing deal, but you're helping us out. You're getting great content and you get to listen to uh, a bunch of amazing shows and a bunch of guys who are passionate about the brand. Yes, and Network 216 is going nowhere but up. The, 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 the guys at Network 216 work hard to bring everybody great content every single week. Um, they got new stuff that's coming out that we're going to announce on the show. There's something special going on. You can see the the uh, logo on our page right now as you're watching this show. But just a great network, and, and to support the show, even though we would do this for free, um, it's just a great way to show your support for the Yard Dogs podcast and, of course, Network 216. We're also going to have Ohio Sports pr- Pack prizes to raffle off giveaways for our subscribers each and every month. So a lot of good stuff and benefits for our subscribers. Absolutely. And it's funny you mentioned that you've noticed in the bottom uh, left-hand corner for me, if you're looking at it, I'm not sure where it's – hopefully it's there for the viewers also – um, but we are partnering with underdog fantasy. So fantasy football, as you know, is a, is a big commodity fantasy sports. They have daily, uh, fantasy leagues. They have fantasy leagues. Uh, you know, we're super excited about this partnership and we still have, of course, a lot coming your way, you know, stay tuned. We're going to have leagues, daily fantasy and more, but you can go on right now and sign up, uh, with underdog fantasy and just use code two one six. So then promo code that you would sign up with is 216. You know, sign up today and we'll have some fun. We're going to have a lot of uh, fun stuff coming this season with Underdog Fantasy and Network 216 for sure. Speaking of fantasy, fantasy football leagues are kicking off all over the place. You know, Mikey P and I, we uh, just joined a fantasy league together with the guys at 216. We're going to have our draft very soon. So that's always exciting. Live draft. A live draft where you, the viewers, could come in and roast our picks. Tell us how terrible we are at drafting and have fun. (laughs) Yeah. I might even do a, a, I might even do Twitter GMs. I might, I might let someone make a couple picks for me. Oh, that that'd be nice. I got a couple burner accounts that I can uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sabotage your team or something like that, but a kicker in the first round? Yeah. <laughs> Cade York in the first? That was hey, that was amazing. <laughs> I love the Browns. I don't love them that much. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we got that going on. Uh fantasy football, usually the draft happens what, like maybe right before the last preseason game. Um, it depends for me. So like, I, this is the first time in a while I'm only in one, like other league other than the network two one six league. And it's a dynasty league. So it's, it's had, I've had to get used to it because you do one big draft when you start it. Like we did one big draft last year. And then from that point on, you're just drafting rookies every year. Like you have a rookie NFL draft. And typically we do that in May because the draft, the, the NFL draft is in April. So we started our draft in May. 
So it's like I'm already done with my team. The only thing I have left to do is make some trades. <laughs> so it's different because I'm, I'm used to kind of what you were talking about. Like you might do it after, say, the third preseason game or the last preseason game because you always kind of wanted to wait and see, like, any injuries that would happen because the worst thing would ever happen, like, you know, I remember one year Adrian Peterson got hurt in the preseason and, uh, like, the day before, literally, we were in a draft and he went number one. Oh, so, so <laughs> those days, you know, I, I don't, I don't miss. Uh, uh, so it's interesting. Have you, have you done any fantasy drafts? Are you in any other leagues? I, I, I don't have one yet. I, the only other league that I'm in is with my brother-in-law. So it's very competitive bragging rights type situation going on okay. there. We, we usually wait until right before the last preseason game. That's when everybody's cause it's a money league. So that's when everybody's kind of comfortable in, in doing the draft because no star players are going to play in that third preseason game. So, no. uh, but definitely starting to do, uh, you know, our research to, to make sure that, you know, we're, we're up to par as far as, you know, the players that you're going to pick, you know, you have your lists and everything like that. So I'm, I'm getting that together now. Okay. Good. Good. Yeah. It's, it's definitely different. I used to be in like six, seven fantasy leagues and it just got oh. to be too much. I don't know how people do that. I really now I just pretty much do you know I do a dynasty league here or there and I'll do ours and then I really I I'm gonna have fun so I'm gonna be doing a lot of underdog fantasy daily leagues for sure this year. Yeah, yeah. Like when you're in say five fantasy leagues, that would drive me crazy because in one league you might be rooting for a player, but in another (laughs) league you might be rooting against that same player that you're rooting for. So how do you? Yeah, I don't know. Well, how do you manage that? That's your emotions. That, that would yeah. just drive me crazy, I think. Yeah, it, it's, it, it gets too much after a while. And I know people like that. I'm like, how do, you, how do you do that? And then I'm like, and then you don't want to do the other way because if you draft one team a certain way and that team sucks and you do all your teams very similar, then they all suck. Then they all <laughs> suck. Yeah. So it's like you're kind of a catch 22. Yeah, I don't know. Well, we'll but that that's ramping up soon. So uh, we'll definitely have a fancy football show before the season i oh yeah we'll have a, a special guest for that um but yeah we're here mikey p the season's going to be kicking off soon i think we have what four more weeks until our first preseason game yeah four more weeks uh training camp kicks off i think july 30th and the first game is like august like first first week in august i think yeah august 12th i think it's august 12th is the first preseason game I think mm-hmm. we played the tw- I think we played the twelfth, the twenty first, and the twenty seventh. So, and now the first game of the year, which we're we're going to talk about this, but the first game mm-hmm. of the year just became a heck of a lot more interesting. <laughs> oh yeah, with the Carolina Panthers. So we'll we'll talk about that during this episode. As you said, Mikey P, we have a special guest. Michael is going to join us on the show. So let's go ahead and bring him in the in the yard onto the stream right now. Hey guys, what's going on, Michael? Welcome to the Yard Dogs podcast. It's great to be here. My first podcast ever, and I'm uh, thrilled to do it. Awesome. If I had a bell, I would ring it. <laughs> We're honored, man. <laughs> Anytime got- someone chooses us as their first podcast, you know yeah. that's that's a, a great honor. So welcome. Yeah, thank you. That's a it's a good thing you bring up. We're gonna have to get a soundboard and come up with like a a rookie a rookie uh, soundbite. Uh, for anyone that's their first time on the podcast, and then if, if they're if they're a returning member, then we'll have a different one. So we got to get that soundboard for this season. 
Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, well, welcome to the, the Yard Dogs podcast. You just mentioned this is your first podcast ever. Um, w- one of the questions we always like to ask, Michael, um, you look like you've been a Browns fan for quite some time, just like Mikey P and I. Who was the Browns quarterback when you first started following the Cleveland Browns? Brian Sype. Wow. Ooh, I don't so look my age. <laughs> you've been a fan even longer than... Myself and Mikey P. Yeah, I um, uh, I was a little too young to remember Red Ray '88, but I remember. I mean, I have my parents have pictures of me, like you know, you know, in a diaper with a brown shirt on. And uh, Brian Sight was the quarterback when I one of my very first earliest memories of them are um, when uh, when I really became my like own Browns fan, I want to say uh, Bernie Kozar was the quarterback. I would have to say that. Yeah. That's, yeah, I would say the, same, the same number thing. one answer has been Bernie Kozar. The second, I would say, I would give that to Tim Couch. I, yeah. I feel like we've heard him a couple times. Oh, okay. I think you're the first person to say Brian Sype. Your so, dad. Your dad said Brian Sype. Yeah. Your dad, your dad was. Was My dad he, was the big Browns fan, yeah, and he made me a Browns fan. And we, I remember, like I said, watching I, my earliest memories is, is Brian Sipe as quarterback. But then, I mean, when I was old enough to like think for myself, I guess if you want to call it that, that would be Bernie Kozar. Yeah, you're right, Mikey P. Brian Sipe was the quarterback. I should have known that when my dad started following the Browns. In fact, my dad was a member of the uh, Southern California Browns backers, and he took me to a a luncheon that they had, and they hosted Brian Sipe for this luncheon. So we all got to eat lunch with Brian Sipe. Super nice guy, very polite, very humble, uh, very personable um but to to date it to date this meeting um i took a picture of my dad and brian sipe with a polaroid camera so that's how long ago that was that was a while my 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 dad remembers uh he he was young when it happened uh but he was born in the 50s he remembers uh his quarterback he says was frank ryan oh okay wow okay that is going back a ways (laughs) I'm like, I always remember, I was like, yeah, I forget you actually saw the 64 championship. My dad was born in 55. I was like, you were nine years old. Does he remember it? Yeah, he remembers it. He was nine years old when it happened. Wow. But he did not see it on TV. He listened to it on the radio, which is interesting. It was probably pretty normal. Well, let's see, mid-60s. There's some TVs around. Yeah, Yeah, my... My 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 uh my grandparents didn't didn't have a whole lot of money at the time, so they didn't. I don't think they got a TV until like the seventies. It was like nineteen seventy something before they actually got a TV in their house. I, it's funny you're mentioning TVs. I was sitting last night. My we are, we have twin daughters that just turned thirteen this week, and we got oh, good them, luck with that. Oh, you ain't lying, buddy. We got them. Uh, TVs for the room, just little 32-inch televisions for the room, so that way they can watch Netflix and that kind of thing, Disney+. Plus. And I, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, okay, this is crazy, because we, we have six TVs in our house. 
six. We have one in our room. Our girls have one that in each of their rooms, so that's three. We have one in the sports room, one in the living room, and then I have one in the garage. Yep. There's four in my house. My my daughter, uh, that was her 12th birthday last year. She got a TV. Same thing, 32-inch. She doesn't use a cable box, uh, just, you know, watches YouTube, or not YouTube, but, you know, Netflix, Disney Plus, stuff like that. I told her, though, she does have to occasionally watch Brown's highlight videos on YouTube for me. <laughs> I only I'm have amazed three. on how cheap they are, how cheap TVs are. Oh, it was yeah. $188 for, you know. My son's TV. TV, he got for his birthday a couple years ago. It's like a 32-inch, like you guys have said. I think it was only like 150 bucks or something like that for it. <laughs> it's, it's, TVs are, uh, I saw, was it uh, BJ's the other day? I had a 70-inch uh, Vizio. It was uh, 500 and, it was five, $500. It was on sale. It was like, they call it an Amazon Prime early special. Like if you go to BJ's, you get a you get a deal instead of, don't wait till the 12th or the 13th to come over the weekend and and spend your money now. A 70-inch. A 70-inch TV for $500. First TV, me and my wife, when we first got together, we bought from Circuit City. We had to finance because it was so expensive. The 42, <laughs> it was a 42-inch TV, and it was like $1,400. But it was when, like, flat panels first came out. And I was like, I was like, do you realize we could buy, like, six TVs for that now? I remember in 1990, no, this was the year 2000, and plasma TVs first came out, and I was at Best Buy. I think it was like a 42-inch plasma TV. It was like $6,000. Yeah. It's like, what? What? Boy, how times have changed. Times have changed, and we're I'm all about that, too, by the way. Um, who, is your, who is your favorite player of all time, Michael, for the Browns? Oh. Uh, Hmm. I have to say Bernie because I grew up with Bernie. Yeah. Uh, right behind me on the shelf back here is a Bernie Kosar autographed helmet. Okay, I see a couple autos back there. Yeah, there's I have there's Ozzy, Bernie, and I have the ultimate goat right over my shoulder. That is Jim Brown. Oh, okay, awesome. And you, uh, it's funny that you mentioned meeting Brian Brian Sight one time. Um, I my family uh, went to Miami, Florida for Christmas vacation one year. We actually spent Christmas in Miami. And my brother grew up a Dolphins fan, actually. And one of his big presents, we were going to go to the Dolphins game that night. They were playing on Christmas night. And uh, they were playing the Lions. Well, at the time, Bernie was Marino's backup. He had already been released from the Browns and went through Dallas. And now he was at the end of his career, and he was the mm -hmm. backup. We all went to lunch. And uh, a really funny story. We were at Hooters. I was 15, just turned 16. And, of course, I wanted to go to Hooters, teenage boy. And um, my brother, who was about 10, 11 at the time, he goes to the bathroom, comes back out and goes, hey, Mike, Ernie Kozar is sitting over there having lunch. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, you're teasing me, blah, blah, blah. And then my dad, he goes to the bathroom, comes back and goes, Mike, I really think Bernie Kozar is sitting over there having lunch right now. You should go over and say hi. I'm like, are you freaking insane? I'm going to hide underneath this table right here. <laughs> and then finally, my brother just gets up and walks away. And I'm like, what is he doing? He comes back and goes, Bernie Kozar is over there, Mike. He wants you to go talk to him. I walked over there trembling as a little, like a little girl meeting Justin Bieber or something like that. <laughs> and he had me sit with him, talk to me for about 20 minutes. Nicest guy on the planet and signed a, everything I put in front of him, the sign he signed uh, a little scrap of paper and uh, anything. And he was just the nicest guy in the world. Talked to me for about 15, 20 minutes Sat there. And just, we had, we had lunch together basically at Hooters. 
That's awesome. That's good on you, man. You know, we always talk about, man, what it would it be like to to meet Joe Thomas or mm-hmm. you know Bernie Kosar or J- Jim Brown or you know just one of the greats, Eric Bedcalf, right? It's fun to talk about that, but when you're face to face with it, now the words have to come out, and you have to not act like a super fan, little you know. <laughs> So good on you, man, for pulling that off. I, at 15 years old, I don't know if I would have been able to put any words together. Outside, I was okay. Inside, I'm like, ah! <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could you could have done what I did when I met Ric Flair. Like I, I was like, you know, I was like, don't. It was like, I was like, don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. First thing that pops out of my mouth is, Woo! like, took him by surprise, but he was he was laughing about like. Like you should be like, hey, it's nice to meet you. First thing I come out is, like, I just do the woo, and I'm like, what the hell is wrong with me? I'm sure he's never heard that before. <laughs> no, it was crazy because I was yeah. like 30 years old at the time too. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your least favorite player of all time? We know your favorite. Who's your least favorite? Baker Mayfield. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> My least favorite. Whom that have to? Art Modell. Can I count him? Yeah. Sure. Armodell is Armodell, I hope, is rotting in hell somewhere. <laughs> as many I, I think do with that. Who, I would who? say my most disappointing put it this way. My most disappointing player is probably and now this is a now here's a name I'm gonna throw out there. And I want to see the expression on everyone's face when I say this. Probably the most disappointing player in, in my life as a bronze fan, Andre Ryzen. Mm. Oh yeah. That yeah. one. Yeah. That was a bad... uh, The fanfare he had and the expectations he came with and did nothing whatsoever. He's right up there with Dwayne Bowe. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's that's the truth. (laughs) Jeez. I don't... I I think my least favorite is Johnny Manziel. Like, I hated the guy in college. Couldn't stand him. Didn't want the Browns to draft him. I remember being at Dave & Buster's and being so mad the draft night that I slammed the menu and they asked me to leave. Like, I was that... Demonstrative, I guess. You know, I might have, uh, I might have uh, said some choice language too, also. But they were like, "Hey, we're gonna have to either have to tone it down, or we're gonna have to ask you to leave." So, uh, Johnny Menzel would definitely is is my least favorite of all time. Like, I don't know if anybody will top that. I'm gonna agree with you, Mikey P. I think Johnny Football. There, so there was times that I was excited that we had. Johnny Manziel. I I don't know if I was excited that we draft him, but now that we had him, I was like, okay, well, it's obviously we, we've been through so many quarterbacks. I'm like, okay, maybe this can work. And there was glimpses, but very few glimpses. It, yeah. We, we knew it wasn't going to work Mm-mm. very soon <laughs> into Mm-mm. the relationship. Yeah, it's sad because, you know, I almost forgot about, I, I've forgotten about him because he was on, he, he was on, he was, you know, here and gone so fast because he was so bad. Yeah. And you chose like, oh my god, that's right, we drafted him. Yeah, and he's we kind of lost Kyle Shanahan because of him, right? I mean, I mean, yeah, it was a big whole thing started with Manziel. Yeah, they they wanted Manziel. The you know the front office wanted Manziel in there, and and Shanahan was like, this guy is not ready. Like he's he's not learning the playbook. If I had to go modern, I, I you know you said Manziel. If I had to pick the last, I want to say like twenty years, I'd say Justin Gilbert. Oh, he was that dude was just what I when they name, put his name out there. I'm like, who in the world is this guy? 
and I was watching it. Really wanted him. Mike and Patton the, wanted him. The so draft, funny. the draft experts were like, uh, I had a third round grade on this guy, and we took him like number eight or whatever. And of course, he lasted two minutes in the end, was gone because he was so god awful. So funny story. I forget who shared this information with us, but back then, Mike Pettin really liked Justin Gilbert. Like, oh wow. Him and, him and uh, the GM, which was it was um. God, what's his was name? that Farmer? No, that wasn't Farmer. Yeah, it was Farmer. It was Farmer? Yep, Ray that's Farmer. what I thought. Yeah. And Farmer really liked them so much to the point was they were trying to hide their that they liked them that much. So they were one of the only few teams that didn't interview him at the Combine. And then a lot of teams at the Combine, after interviewing him, took him off their board because this they were like, this guy doesn't love football. He He's not a hard worker. Like, he just interviewed really poorly. So they kind of um, – they took him off the list, but of course, we were trying to be too smart for our own good. Didn't interview him, and then took him where we took him, and then you know, we see how that ended up. <laughs> not real good. It did not end up good. And then Pittsburgh traded what, like a, a late round pick for him, and he, everybody was like, "Oh, he's going to go to Pittsburgh and be amazing." And they they cut him. I don't even think he finished the year with them. I don't think he even started. I don't know if he. I think he might have started the year, but it was like week like three or four, and they like released him. Oh yeah, it was pretty quick. Yeah. And he, and then he was done. He was done with football after that. And then you know Johnny Manziel, he keeps popping up every once in a while on Twitter. You know, just taking shots at the city of Cleveland and Browns fans, kind of like a little bit like Hugh Jackson, ask yeah. a little bit. You know, so that kind of stuff. You know, at least Justin Gilbert. I don't even think he's on Twitter, but no. <laughs> No, and uh, so we'll see. So, 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 Mike, I know you're a uh, you're a big Browns and Buckeyes fan from your from your Twitter header. I'm gonna put you on the spot here. Go if you for it. Pick one team of those two that you could only watch forever. Like, it's either the Browns or the Buckeyes that you get to watch forever. The other one you can't watch anymore. Who would it be? I. Uh... Okay. Well, thanks for that question. I appreciate it. Oh, I'm having technical difficulty. I'm fading away. Um, there's no right or wrong answer. No, there's not. The see, I would have to say the Browns because they were my first team. I okay. have to say the Browns because they were my first team. And I hate to do that because I am such a – to be perfectly honest with you, I'm sitting here right now. There's an Ohio State tattoo on my left on my right leg. Um, I'm supposed to get a Browns one on my arm, but I haven't gotten that far yet. But um, – I, I would have to say the Browns because they were my first team growing up. I became a Buckeyes fan later on in life. Uh, not when I say later on in life, it was like early '90s stuff like that. Um, so I'd have to, I'd have to pick the Browns, even though I'd have to get rid of like half my house because half of it's Browns, <laughs> half of it's Ohio State. So I would probably pick the Browns, uh, but then I'd probably probably cry in a corner somewhere every Saturday. Yeah. Well, it's 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 a weird one because I always look at it this way: like the Browns would be my first choice, obviously. Uh, I'm a, uh, I love the Buckeyes. I watch them every Saturday I can. And, uh, in, in many years, you know, I would know that, Hey, at least the Buckeyes are going to make me happy Saturday. Mm -hmm. So that way I'm not pissed off Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> and you, you know what else that tells me is that Michael, you have a high tolerance for pain. In fact, maybe you <laughs> like pain because the Buckeyes give you way more pleasure. I'm exactly. sure than the Browns have. So it does. It, it, that is, that's true. That's true. It's like like he's like Mikey said. I know every Saturday the Buckeyes are going to make me happy ninety nine times out of a hundred, and it's like yeah, I'll choose the Browns who have yeah. who 
you know, murdered me for the past, like, you know, 40 some years now. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, that's just what I want. I just got to have that misery in my life. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Cause I, I tell the story all the time. Like I've seen the Buckeyes. I, I, I saw him win in 2002. I saw him win the national championship in 2014. Super excited about both championships. But I legitimately cried the night the Cavs won the NBA championship. Like when they won, I cried like tears, like real tears. Like I'm when the you. Browns win a Super Bowl, like I, I might have to take a leave of absence from work for a week. <laughs> the night the Cavs won the title, I was in. Uh, we were actually me and my wife were actually living with my parents. They were going through some health. Uh, health problems at the time and we moved in to help them out and they built us like a like an extra like wing onto the house that was just ours and i was in the living room and i was actually on the computer i was going from the computer to the living room back and forth because i was just so freaking you know nervous you know you know just scared out of my mind it's like oh my god we actually won a title it's cleveland when Kyrie hit the three and then they won I'll be, I'll admit it in front of God and everybody. I collapsed to the floor, cried like a, like a little girl and kept just repeating. They won, they won, they did it. They did it over and over again. My wife had to come literally. My son was a newborn at the time. My son was literally like a newborn baby when that happened. He had been born that March. And this was what, like June at that point. Mm -hmm. And she had to like put the baby down. She had to put the baby down to come get me, get me off the dang floor. Yeah, it was actually, and that was Father's Day when that happened too. That was yeah. actually on Father's Day that yes. year. And you know, my wife was like, "Why are you crying?" And I was like, "I'm, I was just reading one of the cards the kids got me." <laughs> <laughs> if you cried during the Cavs championship, what do you think we're going to do when the Browns win the Super Bowl? They I'm might like, have to hospitalize me. They might have to build a, a room at a hospital to stick me into it. I like leave an absence for a week. I yeah. tell you what, they, no one might not see me for a month actually until the parade or whatever. Yeah. Do you remember that scene in uh, old school, old school when welfare was like, we're going streaking through the quad. Yeah. That's going to be me <laughs> streaking down my street. My neighbors are going to call the cops. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I would have to be rescued from dying of hypothermia because it would be January or February when that happens. Yeah. So of course I live in Northeast Ohio. It's going to be about 10 below at that point in time. I will be outside probably just like tearing my clothes off and going crazy. And someone's going to have to like drag me back in the house. So I don't freeze to death. And, and these are three level-headed guys here on this yes, podcast. Yeah. Imagine what the city of Cleveland is going to do. <laughs> uh, hide the, uh, hide the, uh, hide the fire trucks and hide <laughs> the sewer caps and all that stuff. If they had a million people at the Cavs parade, even in February, I'd love to. I would die to see how many come to the Browns parade. Oh, I I remember the night the Cavs won the championship. There was like a tweet like. Someone just turned a fire truck over, but then they were nice enough to turn it back. That's Cleveland in a tweet right there. That's Why Cleveland in a tweet right us. there. Our bad, our bad. Let's put it back over. Our bad. <laughs> uh, oh, we got some comments coming in. A, a lot of them agree with us. Uh, Super uh, Surge MC, but the Browns find new and fantastic ways to disappoint that is true oh, oh, oh so super surge so true so true oh i'm a pessimistic fan a lot of the times because of course being a browns fan i don't know how people can't be pessimistic a little bit a little bit being a browns yeah. fan 
I remember one one game, people were like, this is in the bag. The Browns are going to win. I'm like, dude, I saw the Browns lose a game once, up 14 with 30 seconds left. Calm down. That was and they're like, you're one. Chicago, <laughs> Chicago, Chicago, Chicago in Matthews. Chicago. Up Shane 21-7 with 30 seconds left. Chicago t- scored a touchdown, recovered the onside kick, threw a Hail Mary, tied the game, and in the first play in overtime, Tim Couch threw a pick six. I remember that game. The Bears scored three touchdowns in like a minute 15 of gameplay. Yeah, it was. I remember that game. There's there's almost, it's sad because sometimes it's like, man, there's almost too many of them sometimes to remember. The Dwayne Rudd Super Surge yes. MC. Super uh, Surge. I was oh, at, the third, when he threw his helmet off. I was at Roger won. Brown. Uh, are you familiar with the player Roger Brown? He's one of the uh, fearsome foursome. He's actually from Portsmouth, Virginia here. And he has a restaurant in Portsmouth. I was actually at his bar and restaurant watching that game. And uh, when Dwayne Rudd cost us that game, that was so livid. To this day, I haven't paid my tab there. I, I got so mad, I stormed out. And then I, would, I was like halfway home, and I was like, I didn't pay my tab. Next time, <laughs> next time I went in there, I was like, yeah, hey, I was here a couple weeks ago. Didn't you get kicked out of there, or was that a different time? Uh, I never got kicked out of Roger Brown's. Okay. Maybe I'm thinking of another. Dave and Buster's is where I got kicked out of. There you go. Now we're hearing it. (laughs) Yeah. I I was a young, in my younger days, I I had a bit of a hot streak. Was it the Browns that set you off? I I feel like that's my memory. It's it's pretty much every, every story of the Browns. I once, I once broke up, I once broke up with a girl over a Browns game. (laughs) Oh. Then of course we had bottle. That was bad. Bottlegate was another one. It wasn't Bottlegate. It was uh, – I'll never forget it because it was the playoff game in 2002. And, the Steelers? Uh, or the – was it the Steelers game? Mm-hmm. It was the Steelers game. And all I wanted to do was be left alone. And she got mad because I wouldn't go out to dinner. So I was like e- – I'm with you on that, man. The last thing yeah. I want to do is go out to dinner no. after a playoff loss. No, no, no. I, yeah, I'm with you on that one. No, my my wife is also a Browns fan and a big you know sports fan too. So she understands – and that she she would try to cheer me up though, but she knows there's no way I'm leaving. I'm going anywhere if the if that something like that happens. Yeah, yeah. she wasn't a keeper, anyways, Mikey. Uh, yeah, uh, she wasn't. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move on here. We got some headlines. Clay Matthews uh, was announced a couple days ago that he's a finalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame as a sen- in the senior category. Uh, obviously. All of us Browns fans are, are huge Clay Matthews fans. You know, if, if you're a Brian Sype fan, Michael, uh, then you definitely know Clay Matthews. Uh, he, he was on that 80s Browns team. Um, awesome football player and even a better person. I, you know, I actually went to the Ring of Honor game in 2019 on Sunday Night Football against the Rams. We lost that game, but that's another story. <laughs> uh, but uh, one of the reasons why I went there is because they're honoring Clay Matthews, and his whole family is just royalty. You know, he's one of those families that just, you know, you, Bruce Matthews, Clay Matthews, his son, Clay Matthews. Um, Kate, was yeah, it Casey, Casey Matthews? Yeah, Casey, Casey Matthews. And Brian, who's been on our show a couple mm-hmm. times. Just a tremendous family, of course. Their Jennifer. daughter, Jennifer Matthews, she's um, really fighting hard to support the efforts of of getting him inducted in the Hall of Fame. So, so that came out. What What are your thoughts on that, Michael? With um, the, the possibility that Clay Matthews could be inducted in the Hall of Fame, it's about damn time. 
He should have been in years ago. And I've said this to a million people. If he played for a media darling team, he would have been first, second, third bout Hall of Famer. If he would have played for the 49ers or the Cowboys or a team like that, the Steelers, he would have been in without a doubt. Um, somebody uh, last year when he missed it at the end for the regular, I mean, the Hall of Fame where he was just, he was a finalist last year. This is, Now he's like the senior senior uh, uh, voters are doing it now. Um, somebody put out uh, um, like his stats versus stats of like the other, like other famous Sam and, Sam and Erlacher and Singletary and all this. His stats blew him out of the water. I mean, it was I mean, there was categories where it wasn't even you know a, a fair ball game, and I'm like, then this guy's fighting tooth and nail to get in, and these guys got in, you know, with it in a blink of an eye. Yeah. And like I said, I actually wanted I had a Clay Matthews autographed jersey. Actually, I actually got a Clay wow. Matthews autographed jersey, and I a friend of mine wanted it really, really bad, so I sold it to him. But um, I actually uh, I never met him, but I I I would I would have loved to actually because uh, I've heard nothing but good things. He seems uh, um, a lot of players from that era have seemed not to. Well, I don't want to say like aged well, but you could tell the, the the toll that it took back then on them. He seems like he still you know still still looks good. Yeah, he looks yeah he looks good, and you know as Brian when he was on us said his dad like basically like you know if he gets in it would be an honor for him to do it. Like he, he appreciates the honor, but like you'll never see him like beating his own, uh, his own door down to try to get into the hall of fame. It's just not who he's about, what he's about. Uh, but his family is definitely about that. It's, it's, it's more for them because, you know, they see the guy, the guy was a hard worker, he amazing player. Like the guy deserves to be in. It's, it's really a shame sometimes that some of these sports writers, cause you have some of these young guys that are out there now and they're like, well, I never saw him play. It's like, do you have YouTube? Do you not have, I mean, <laughs> just I, it bothers me even today. Like when you hear guys like Mike Greenberg always does this, like he's the best player ever. And I'm like, no, he's the best player you've seen play. He's not the best player ever. You, you, yeah. you can't talk about guys you never saw play, um, but he's, he's famous for doing that. And it's, it's annoying. It's a lot of the, the new, the new young sports writers and stuff that have votes. They do like, you know, if, if they didn't see him play live, like they almost act like they don't exist. Yeah, unfortunately, that's that's true. Um, I always tell people like you can go see Kelly Matthews highlight reel. Go watch the Browns Bills uh, playoff game. I believe it was eighty nine. Oh, yeah. I want to say eighty nine. Uh, yeah, yeah eighty nine. I understand the Bills did get thirty that game, but they would have got fifty if it wasn't for Clay Matthews. Mm-hmm. What a game, too! That, yeah, that's, that was good. That was one of the best games I've ever seen. That was that's the Don, Don Beebe uh, Don Beebe. Head bounce. That's How in the world that dude walked off the field, I'll never know. That's when Felix Wright dumped him on his head. <laughs> that, that, and you still see that highlight in a lot oh, of yeah. like the old classic, like when they show classic NFL highlights. Yeah. You still see that, him boonk, just bopping around his head. Now, to this day, I don't know how the dude's walking. It used to open up every NFL films with like uh, Steve Sable video. Would That would be in their, that was yeah. in their highlight reel. Yeah. That play <laughs> for years. Wow. So hopefully, uh, hopefully he gets in and timings everything. Mikey P, you had pointed out w- when that news came out. Wow, you know, Clay Matthews and Tom uh, Joe Thomas could potentially get in the same year. How special would that be? So everything oh, works perfect. out for a reason, and that would be super fantastic if that happened. Yeah, and you and you know sometimes they try to do that a lot. They'll try to like 
pair people, um, you know, they try to pair guys that go in together like that. So, you know, obviously they didn't play together or anything like that, but, you know, it would be cool. It's been a while since there's been a Brown uh, player going to the Hall of Fame. So it would be awesome to get two at one time. Is it the Steelers in the Hall of Fame game this year? I think it's Jacksonville and the Raiders, if I'm not okay. mistaken. I wanted to, I, for a second there, I thought maybe the Steelers were on the whole thing. And I was like, of course, two Browns will get in and the Steelers will be playing in the game. Yeah, so the, the guys got, that got inducted last year are going or will be the ones being presented in the, the before the game. Yeah, okay. Weekend. Uh, I think it's Jacksonville and the Raiders because there is a Raiders player, and I think Tony Baselli got in. Also oh, did Tony Baselli get in? I know he was really lobbying hard to get in. I think I want to say he's in there to get in, but because that would that would explain why the Jaguars. Because usually they try to pick two teams that has somebody mm-hmm. that's a representative in there, and I know yeah. the Raiders have somebody going in uh, to the Hall of Fame too. And it was last year that had all the Steelers players in it, right? So, yeah, there was like you had Alex Vanica, yeah, Tony Baselli's going in, uh, Cliff Branch. So I think there's two of your. Uh, there's two of your um, – there's your Jaguar and your and your uh, uh, Cliff Branch play for the Raiders. So there's your uh, two players. I remember when the Jaguars weren't didn't exist. Now they got people going to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, like if you look at the guys going in this year, Richard Seymour. Couldn't tell you one – like he was a solid player. Yeah, he was a decent player. I mean – Solid player. Sam Mills. I mean, Clay Matthews is, and you know, rest in peace, Sam Mills. But Clay Matthews is a way better player than Sam Mills was. Yeah, that, there's sometimes there's just no rhyme or reason for it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyway, let, let's uh, let's move on. We had some big news come out, and I think we'll spend the the rest of the podcast talking about this player that got traded. So we we've been talking a lot about Deshaun Watson. Um, you know, with the suspension that's going to happen, we're not going to spend any time this episode talking about that. Cause I feel like there's going to be other episodes to, to get into that, but we will, uh, spend the rest of this episode on Baker Mayfield. He was our, he's been our quarterback for the last four years, whether you liked him, you didn't like him, you're a fan, you're not a fan. He was our quarterback and he got traded this week. Since we've talked last, Mikey P, uh, I think it happened the very next day. Or was, did it happen on Thursday? Yeah, I mean, it ha- I think it happened Thursday. I think it was Thursday, yeah. Thursday that he gets traded to the, the Carolina Panthers. We get, uh, you know, we get a fifth-round pick, conditional fifth-round pick. Mm-hmm. But that that's now the, the close to that chapter. That's the end of that chapter. So I, th- I thought we'd spend the, the, the remainder of this episode just talking about Baker Mayfield, the good, the bad, the ugly, and then we'll just put it to rest, right? We'll put Baker Mayfield to rest because he's moved on to greener pastures, and so so have we. So my first question to you, I'll, I'm going to start with you, Michael. Who won that trade? Was it the Browns, the Carolina Panthers, or Baker Mayfield? <laughs> uh, can I do all the above? Um, yes, you're pretty uh, good. I, I, all, it's really the all of the above. It is, it is, that's just the way it is because, uh, the Panthers gave up a ham sandwich for Mayfield, mm-hmm. got the Browns to pay 10 million of his contract. Um, the Browns got rid of somebody they know they needed to get rid of, they had to get rid of, and they still got at least a draft pick. That, I mean, if he's the starter, it's going to turn into a fourth round pick. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and of course Mayfield won because he's finally out of Cleveland where I don't really, I mean, where he, after the season, after the season he had last year, I don't think he wanted back to be honest. I really didn't. And then of course, when the, when it came out that the Browns were trying to pursue Watson, that just gave him, it's like, here's my wide open door. They opened it for me. Let me jump through this door and let me get out of here. Um, and so, yeah, I, and I just think it's, I think everyone won because yeah, the Browns, I know the Browns didn't get much, but the Browns got rid of somebody they obviously didn't want anymore, clearly. And Baker got a fresh start and Caroline didn't have to give up a whole lot to get him. I agree with you. I think everybody won the trade, you know, we, yeah. uh, us as Browns fans, we pride uh, as far as uh, Andrew Barry, you know, just making really good trades. He's done it, you know, like with Amari Cooper. You know, he gets him for a fifth. That was pretty quiet, but he pulled that off. That was a that was a great trade. He he's made some great moves. I don't think any Browns fan was expecting him to get a lot for Baker Mayfield. So I I agree with you, Michael. You know, it was good for Baker. He gets a new start. It was good for the Panthers. They didn't have to pay a lot for him. And it was good for the Browns because we we had to offload him and we knew we had to and we found a suitor, so he just pulled the trigger. I mean, yeah, I, I agree that it's it's I think it's good for all three involved. And and if you want to look at it in some kind of weird way, you can almost think you got Cooper back for a fifth and you traded Mayfield and got a fifth back so in, in one way or another, you traded Baker Mayfield for Amari Cooper and kept your kept your original pick, basically. Or actually got a high you got a higher pick, uh, because where Carolina is picking versus you know, where we were picking or where Dallas is picking. Um, so I agree. I think it's good for good for all of the above. Uh, I think long term you have to see because you know obviously Carol Carolina actually has the uh, you know we'll have to see what that fifth or possible fourth round pick turns into for us, and then Carolina could kind of get into a tough situation because uh, say he goes out and he earns the job uh, and he plays halfway decent ball and say maybe they're you know you know they're they're not projected in their division to, to compete for their division or to com- compete for a playoff. Let's say he, has, he ends up uh, taking that team to a winning record. Then they're kind of in a weird situation where it's like they could potentially have, you've heard like their general manager and their coaching staff could be on their way out. So it's, it's, it's kind of a weird thing. I, I think it's their last ditch effort to try to save their jobs. I think they're going to be all in. They're going to go with who gives them the best shot. Like they drafted Matt Corral. There's not a chance in hell I see them starting Matt Corral this year. It's just not going to happen unless they were all to get relieved of their duties at some point throughout the year. But, you know, I think it's to be seen, like, ultimately who won the trade. But for right now, I think it's 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 great for all three parties. Yes. And we can finally put to, to bed the Baker Mayfield saga in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. What I want to do, I want to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. So we'll we'll start with the good. So each of us are going to give something good, positive about Baker Mayfield's run here in Cleveland. Mikey P, I'll start with you. Give me something good that Baker Mayfield did for the city of Cleveland because it wasn't all bad. No, it, it, it wasn't all bad. For me, I will say I wasn't a huge Baker guy coming out. I, I actually liked Sam Darnold a lot, and I really thought Josh Allen um, had a lot of potential just from watching his tape at Wyoming. I know he had some some issues, but for me, Baker, I will never forget where I was that Thursday night game coming in. You know, we were we were playing the Jets, and uh, Isaiah Correll was basically wiping his butt with the ball, and 
they were kind of they were kind of taking it to us for a while there. And Tyrod went out with a concussion, and Baker came in, and it was just rejuvenated. Like Jarvis Landry, you know, made some great catches. They they had that awesome two point conversion, and he did that strut. And I was like, man, I really like that guy that night. Like I was like, man, this is the guy. This is maybe maybe this is it. Um, so for me, it's it's that game is is, is the good. Michael, um, I kind of want to agree with him with Mikey, but also um, he got everyone excited again about being a Browns fan. Uh, he he got. I also was never a big Mayfield fan. I I I'll admit it. I was never a Mayfield fan. I I well, I actually liked Darnold and Allen more. I actually wanted Darnold, which is um, which if you believe that. Um, but, um, I, he got everyone excited again about being a Browns fan. I mean, we were one and one, one and 31, the famous record that we were. And, and he, I made it, it as like, Hey, I can actually tell people I'm a Browns fan again, uh, because they're mm-hmm. actually halfway decent and competitive now, not getting killed 50, nothing every week. Right. So that was probably the good. Um, my good was the, finally we get a playoff win, uh, for the Cleveland Browns, you know, it, it, it took going week 17 against Pittsburgh and you just kind of, you know, the Browns fandom in you is going, okay, we're going to blow this somehow. We're, <laughs> we're, we're not going to make the playoffs. I can't believe that it even came to this. It shouldn't even come to this game, but here we are. The Browns get in the playoffs and then, um, you know, the, the Cleveland Browns go to Pittsburgh in the playoffs and get the win in the wild card game. And um, Baker was here for that, you know, so Kevin Stefanski wasn't, which was unfortunate, but Baker was. And he had some uh, highlights in that game. The whole team did, but that was um, one of the goods for Baker. You know, when he came to the Browns, we were such a a crappy organization. It wasn't run very well, even though, you know, we like to think that it was. But as we got into this, we realized it wasn't. And like you pointed out, Michael, you know, he helped turn this around. You know, he was one of the pieces to that puzzle. So so that's the good that I see in Baker. And I think he understood Cleveland. He understood the fans. Um, I shared this pre-show. He was cocky, but that's one of the reasons why I liked him coming to the Browns because I felt like we needed somebody that was cocky but could also throw the football. <laughs> you know, Johnny Manziel was cocky, but he couldn't throw the football. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That wasn't Baker, you know, in his good years. Obviously, you know, he had a couple years where, you know, we questioned that, obviously. But that that's the good that I see in Baker. Next, let's get to the bad. Um, Michael, I'll start with you. Let's get to the, the bad with Baker Mayfield. Uh, the bad was his cockiness and his immaturity to a fault, his chip on the shoulder to a fault. It's one thing to have that mentality and then be able to back it up, but then have that mentality and go out and play like he played sometimes. And sometimes a lot of the time, actually. And it, and it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, including his own teammates. Um, and we all know now the reports by the end of this past season, most of the teammates really didn't care for him, didn't like him. And his attitude towards himself and the way he played prepared to for games that was the bad for me mikey p uh i mean the bad for me was 
his inconsistency and his fourth quarter play, like even going back to um, his days at Oklahoma, like, you know, a lot of people forget they had a, a decent lead against Georgia in that playoff game. And he had opportunities to make plays in that fourth quarter and did nothing with it. And, you know, other than really for us, uh, you know, if you go back and think about it, there was a lot of games we won his, his rookie year where he had chances to make plays that last game against the Ravens, he threw a key pick. Uh, Denver got the ball back. We won the game, but it was only because the defense made that – Jabril Peppers made that key play on fourth down on the blitz. Like, there was a lot of games we won in the fourth quarter because of the – like, the defense made plays or other people made plays. For some reason, like, the only time I ever remember him having a clutch moment in a fourth quarter was uh, – was against the Bengals that, that that one game. Other than that, his fourth quarters were pretty abysmal. He was an average to below average, bottom of the league quarterback. And long term, you're just not gonna, you know, it's it's at the quarterback position. Like if, if you're not clutch, like it's 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 tough to to stick around long term. Yeah, I think that the bad for me. For those of us that have been Browns fans for a long time, we've seen the Browns draft good quarterbacks, but they were surrounded by bad teams. I think the um, the quarterback that you think about is Tim Couch. I've heard it said a lot that the, Tim Couch was a great quarterback, but he was surrounded by a, a bad team. That right. wasn't the case with Baker Mayfield. That And to me, that was extremely frustrating. You know, here we are, we have a roster that undeniably is loaded with talent. You know, you got Jarvis Landry, you got OBJ, you got Nick Chubb, you got Kareem Hunt. We, our defense was was looking up. I mean, our, our GM was putting talent all around Baker Mayfield, the best offensive line in football. You know, Bill Callahan, the best offensive line coach in all of football. Um, and – here we have the best roster, but then we have a quarterback that just c- couldn't deliver. You know, there's quarterbacks in the league. Aaron Rodgers would give his left nut to, to have the talent that Baker Mayfield had around him. Same with Tom Brady, Absolutely. Drew Brees. You can name it, right? And we have this guy, and we surround him with talent, and he couldn't get the job done. And that was frustrating for me, you know. Um, finally, we have a great roster. We, we talked about this before. It's it, it, it was hard to get a good player in Cleveland and Jarvis Landry was one of the first. And then all of a sudden, what we get OBJ Odell Beckham jr. Comes to Cleveland. Are you kidding me? Like this is over. We're, mm-hmm. we're going to win the super bowl with this rosters. No question in our mind. Right. And then it just didn't happen. And that might be in the ugly category, but I did put that in the bad. <laughs> yeah, those are good ones. Let's get to the ugly. Mikey P, we'll start with you. Uh, what is the the ugly of Baker Mayfield? We've seen the good, we've seen the bad, but what's the ugly? The ugly for me happened, uh, like I said, I wasn't a huge guy, but he actually started to tilt me against him. But I really didn't like the way he threw Miles Garrett under the bus that night after the Pittsburgh game. Like I thought uh, he totally threw him under the bus, and that – that pissed me off because you don't know what happened. Like you just can't throw your teammates under the bus. Like if, it, if you're talking about the other team, yeah, you can, you can, you can say something like that. You don't have to apologize. They're not the guys that are going to go to war with you in battle every day, but 
when he did that, I feel like that broke the locker room a little bit then. Um, and then you, you could start seeing the chinks in the armor, you know, after that, um, you know, with with players. So for me, that was the ugly. And, and you notice it, you know, when OBJ got traded, everybody was, you know, miss you, love you, blah, blah, blah. You know, when when Baker got traded, it was crickets. And that's 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 damning, really, thinking about it. Yeah, that was a that was a an eye opening moment after that game. I mean everything was bad about that. You know, the Miles Garrett helmet swing, you know, against Mason Rudolph and that was just bad all in itself. But then that interview, I remember thinking, I'm like, Baker, you shouldn't be saying that. <laughs> You, you you can say a lot of things beside that. Hey, any he could have said anything besides throwing your team under the bus. You just never do that, especially guys that go to battle with you. So, no, I agree with you, man. That was that was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, that that right there was like you didn't need to say anything. Yeah, Michael, what what's your ugly man? My ugly was actually your guys' bad. <laughs> um, his interceptions, his, his ability to throw an interception at the worst possible time of the game was, just, it was ridiculous. He is he leads the NFL in interceptions since he was drafted, and he also leads the NFL in fourth quarter interceptions since he was drafted. And you mentioned you're the only time that you can remember him winning a game with the last second drive was that Bengals game. That is the only time. I believe down, down one score in the fourth quarter with under five minutes left, they are 1-13 with Mayfield. And I think eight, I want to say it was eight or nine times of those 13s, he threw an interception into the game, basically in the game. And that, you just can't do that. I mean, you, I mean, if you want to be a franchise quarterback, if you want to be like a number one pick, you want to be, you want people to think that you're, you're the guy. You, I mean, what would, uh, I mean, what would we say if Tom Brady did that? What if we'd say if Aaron Rodgers kept doing that? You know, they don't. So that's why they're they're considered the greatest ever. That's why Mayfield's now at the Panthers. Yeah, you gotta have that clutch. You gotta have that uh, that that clutch clutch gene. And he just, I don't know, just something about him. He just didn't seem to have it. And uh, the worst thing about it was, I I don't like Colin Cowherd a lot at all. So I kind of polarized and 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 wanted to see Mayfield be good just to despite him because I hate him being right. But at the end, I was like. He was right. I was wrong. Damn it. <laughs> I, th- I actually used to listen to Colin Cowherd all the time, and when he started bashing Baker like every show, I just couldn't listen or watch him anymore. But now you're right. Maybe maybe we were the ones that were wrong. <laughs> I, I think what it is is like I think everybody's had either, you know, either, uh, either somebody they dated or, or a friend and like, you know that they're going to do something stupid or going to say something crazy or they're going to do something to upset you, but you always look and make excuses for them. I think it got to that point with Baker. It's like sometimes we knew him as the best quarterback since 1999. And that really wasn't hard to do because we haven't had any good quarterbacks really, you know, sustained success. So I think we, we also sometimes didn't want to, we were too afraid to say like, uh, what are we going to do? Like, who else are we going to place? It's like, I mean, you're not replacing somebody who's elite. You're replacing an average to below average quarterback is what you're doing. That was my, that is my biggest issue with Baker fans. Uh, if you want to call them Baker bros, you can call them Baker bros. They're like, well, we don't want to go back to one and 31. We don't go back to that. 
he's been our best quarterback for twenty and since in the last twenty some years. I was go well. If you have the prettiest car after a demolition derby, it really doesn't mean much. Yeah. You're still within a demolition derby, and you want you, you why are you so content with being 500 or maybe making the playoffs? Why why can't we why can't we get something better? I think we're just scarred a little bit, man. Yeah. You know, Browns fans are just scarred, and that's one of the things I appreciated about Mayfield is he he kind of healed some of those wounds that I had in my Browns fandom. It, it, I, he's not, and he's not the only one. I, I, he was surrounded by a great team and we still have a great team. I'm just saying he was a part of that, but my, my ugly was the last game he played in against Pittsburgh. Um, that's when right there, I'm like, okay, he's broken. <laughs> I don't know if he could be fixed and Carolina will find out, but um, you know, TJ Watt was coming across the line. What do you have? Like four sacks? Oh, he was just, I think he had game. four. The Steelers had nine total. Yeah, the Steelers had nine sacks. TJ Watt had four. It was ugly. He had balls batted down, interceptions, couldn't do anything. Um, and that was his last game. That's like the last thing we remember from Baker Mayfield having a Browns uniform on. And I just remember watching that game. And I'm like, yep, he's broken. He's the, you know, it's over for, for Baker Mayfield, you know. Um, injured shoulder or not, he was exposed. <laughs> Big time that game, so that that was my ugly. Oh uh, yeah, that was a, that was an ugly moment. Well, um, where do we go from here, guys? You know, Baker Mayfield. That chapter is closed. We're probably done talking about him as a podcast for the most part, as you pointed out, Mikey P. Until week one, we'll probably talk about him a little bit, hopefully to our advantage. But where where do we go from here? And it's pretty much. Goodbye, Baker. Hello, Watson. You know, that's that's the yeah. new chapter that, you know, that we got going on here in Cleveland. And we'll have plenty of episodes to talk about Deshaun Watson. Hopefully, we're going to be talking about him as the football player and not what's going on legally. That's what I want to get to as far as he's concerned. Yeah, I think once, you know, once we know what's going on, then we can get into, you know, that week one, who's going to be our starting quarterback. But yes. you know, we're just kind of in limbo right now. Well, um, we're up against it. Michael, we like to give all of our guests a chance to give themselves a plug. Uh, where can the listeners find you on social media? Uh, I am on Twitter at CWGCLE Buckeyes. I am also on uh, TikTok at uh, Mike the Fan. And um, you can also find me on YouTube as well. Also, uh, my, Mike the Fan on YouTube. And. Um, I love uh, I love interacting with people. Uh, I uh, I always tell people just be warned. I'm a little pessimistic when it comes to the Browns. I'm a doom and gloom type of guy because we are <laughs> scarred so bad we sometimes. Are. We are. But um, I love interacting with people. I love talking with people, especially about sports and stuff like that. I grew up watching football and every sport. I'm a football fanatic. I literally I some people somebody asked me one time like, um, how much do you really love football? And I'm like. I probably watch 10 football games a weekend, and then that's every level, high school, college, and pros, and when I can. And so I love, so I love talking to people, getting everyone's opinion, and uh, just uh, – and go Browns. And, and you're that's right. That's 30 it's, hours of football watching on the weekend. That's awesome. It, it's a great sport. I don't know if you guys – you know, I know we're wrapped <laughs> up, but uh, 
the top 25 watch programs were released for the for 2022. 20 of them were NFL games. <laughs> wow. A couple of the other ones, uh, I think there was like a, a political, uh, like a State of the Union. I think there was a Final Four in there. College football playoffs, you know, were in there. Uh, and the rest of it was NFL. <laughs> so the NFL is definitely king. My wife is amazed at how long I can sit in my recliner on Sunday and watch football. She's just absolutely amazed by it. And I don't even get up. Like, I, I, she's like, how do you do that? <laughs> like, you don't even go, yeah, you know, like, you didn't even go to the bathroom. <laughs> my wife wanted to have a nice fall wedding in October. And I just, I just looked up at her and said, you want to get married during football season? We will be celebrating our 10th wedding anniversary on Thursday. <laughs> I, I told I, my, my wife said, uh, she was like, when do you want to get married? I was like, August. <laughs> August. Yeah, I'm, I'm July. So I, our bases are covered there. Yep. Mine's Thursday and I know it. So it does like, uh, she's like, she's like, yeah, we'll get married. And we won't get married during football season. I'm like, good call. Yeah. Very good call. Well, I like to end all of our podcasts with the Go Browns. Thanks for so much. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Michael. This has been a pleasure. My pleasure. It really has. Let, I always say this, but I really mean it. Let's let's do this again soon. Um, we you even have passions that we didn't even get to talk about uh, as far as card collecting and, and things of that nature. So we'll definitely have you on probably before the season starts. If you want to come back on the show, we'd love to have you. I would absolutely love to do it again. Awesome. Well, we like to end all of our podcasts with the Go Browns. So, Michael, Mikey P, if you'll join me on the count of three. One, two, three. Go Browns. Go Browns. Browns.